Welcome to the best kept secret video cast and podcast from Centricity. If you're a B2B service professional, use our five-step process to go from the grind of chasing every sale to keeping your pipeline full with prospects knocking on your door to buy from you. We give you the freedom of time and a life outside of your business. Each episode features an executive from a B2B services company sharing their provocative perspective on an opportunity that many of their clients are missing out on. It's how we teach our clients to get executive decision makers to buy without being salesy or spammy. Here's our host, the co-founder and CEO of Centricity, Jay Kingley. I'm Jay Kingley, co-founder and CEO of Centricity. Welcome to another episode of our Best Kept Secret show, where I'm happy to welcome Mark Picard, co-founder and CEO of CB Tech Support. CB Tech Support works with small businesses to monitor and manage the technology they use to run their business from computers to software and everything in between. Mark is based in New Providence, New Jersey. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks for having me, Jay. Mark, one of the things that uh, I am blessed in my role is I talk to a lot of small business owners. And in the course of the discussions I have, oftentimes technology uh, becomes part of what we talk about. And I ask business owners to talk to me about the technology they're using, what works, what doesn't work, what they worry about. And one thing that I hear to a surprising degree is the number of business owners who say to me, thank goodness I don't have to worry about getting hacked in ransomware because I am too small. Those guys are going after the bigger fish in the pond. You know, you read about these attacks, whether it be on the large enterprises or government or other major types of businesses, but they leave us small guys alone. And I'm wondering, Mark, how true is that? (laughs) Well, that's an excellent question, Jay. I would say that's absolutely not true. And there's two reasons for that. Uh, One is low-hanging fruit and the other is stepping stones. Um, Low-hanging fruit, mainly because small businesses generally don't spend the time or money to invest into their cybersecurity. And for stepping stones, it's because they're usually the way into a larger target, like one of their clients, and therefore a larger payday for the cyber criminals. Um, and that's kind of a doubly bad day for them if they're the way into the, one of their clients' networks, because how do you think that client is going to feel once they find out that you were the way in? To their network. Mark, how are they going to know that? How are they going to find me? Um, I mean, there's millions, tens of millions of small businesses out there. Um, aren't the odds like, you know, they're, they're going to someone else? And also, how do they know who my clients are to even identify that I would be that stepping stone? Well, you'd be surprised at how sophisticated these guys are. They do their research. So if they're looking for a way into a large company, generally a smaller company is not going to have the resources or the defenses in place, and that's going to be their way in. So they're pretty good at doing the research to figure that out. All right. Interesting. So, Mark, what should a small business be doing when it comes to taking care of their cybersecurity and making sure that, shall we say, their fruit is at the top of the tree, not easily plucked from the bottom. Sure. Well, it's it's both a technical and a uh, 
uh, process issue. Technical in that you have to have certain technology in place, things like a commercial grade firewall, not Norton or McAfee, um, and email filters and process in that since there's a human element in everybody using technology, you have to have certain policies in place that kind of describe how you do things and what people should and should not do in the business. Right. And when you have worked with these small businesses and you talk about, uh, you know, needing to think like that, uh, what are the points of resistance? Where do you see pushback or do you find most small business owners, once you lay it out, they're like, absolutely, let's get this done? Well, I would say most business owners have no idea where to start. Um, so that's that's the main reason that uh, a lot of people don't do this. It's kind of overwhelming. There's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot to do. And uh, when it's left up to the business owner to do it, most are okay just pushing it off because they don't really know where to begin. And, and is there a prioritization mark between the more technical systems type solutions versus the more process and, and procedure oriented approaches? Sure. I, I would say it's probably best to get some technology in place first and then work on the processes uh, and policies after that. But uh, it's it's also a good idea to do them in tandem, to have the technology in place as you're building the process. Um, it, it's a little bit of both. So, And, and when we're talking about technology, I mean, a, a lot of times, we think about our computer systems, our network, um, you know, firewalls and, and other things like that. And, and I think I have really two questions for you. One is, if I'm using a cloud provider, you know, for in other words, rather than having servers that are mine on my premises, I'm using a third party, whether it's small business, maybe it's Google, uh, maybe depending on my business, I'm, I'm doing AWS or some email provider that's a cloud-based email provider. Can I relax and say, you know, they are going to take care of the security around their component. I really need just to worry about the equipment and infrastructure that I own. So that's a common misconception. Um, granted, those companies uh, do put a lot of money uh, an effort into their own security to protect their infrastructure. But the portion of the system that you're using generally doesn't have that benefit. You are responsible for protecting and securing and accurately configuring that piece that you're using to make sure that it's secure. Got it. And, 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 and my last question before we, we move forward is what about my end users? I mean, we're in an environment where remote work uh, seems to be an, uh, something that's going to stay with us for at least as long as I can see. And, and clearly when I have, uh, you know, servers at all on my premises as a business owner, I get it. I got to protect it. But what do I do about my users? And what do I do when, when some of my staff brings their own devices into work? They're not even devices that I'm providing. For them, how should I be thinking about that? Well, that's an excellent question and a very tricky situation. Uh, it really depends on what the small business is doing and what type of uh, information, whether it's sensitive, whether it's things like health information or personally identifiable information, um, how that's treated, handled, and what the workflow is. 
as to whether or not you really should be allowing personal devices in the first place. Um, and if you can, how you're how you're dealing with that. And, and I'm getting the sense, Mark, that the old uh, saw that ignorance is bliss uh, perhaps is not the right way that we should be thinking about this topic. And as people start to get, small business owners start to get cognizant about the issues and their responsibilities and their risk, doing the, putting the things in place that you're talking about, both from a technology point of view, process and procedure point of view. If I'm that business owner, how is it that uh, putting those things in place is going to benefit me? Sure. So if you have um, those, both the technology and the process in place, um, things are going to be a, a lot better for you in terms of moving forward in technology. Um, once you have all that stuff in place, first of all, your uh, data is going to be secure because you have an idea of where it is, who's handling it, who's allowed to have access to it, things like that. Um, and then from a technology standpoint, you're going to be better protected because you're going to have the things in place, just for example, uh, firewalls and email security filters that will cut down on a cyber criminal's ability to uh, to affect you and, and get into your network and thereby get into somebody else's network. And I'm, I'm guessing you might sleep a little bit better at night without thinking that your entire business is going to crater. I, I would agree. Yes, you, you would. I mean, can you imagine that your business that you've poured your heart and soul into that, you know, maybe you're leaving to your kids or you're hoping your kids are going to take over for you? probably going to fund your retirement as well. Can you imagine if that just shut down because you had a cyber incident? Yeah, that would be a true uh, nightmare uh, to, to have to live through. But let, let's move on from the business owner, talk a little bit about the business itself. Um, putting in and investing in, because you know this is an investment, it's not necessarily all free, to get your uh, security and your protections where it needs to be. You know, what's the impact on the business itself? Sure. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, it, it's definitely an expense. It's not going to be cheap. And like you said, it's an investment, right? Um, for businesses with somewhere between two and 100 employees, The Economist did a, a little research and found that the median ransomware request, just the request was $75,000. And that's that's not counting the cost of cleaning up after that, any reputational damage that you might suffer, any lost revenue due to not being able to service your clients at the time that the incident is happening. Um, so that's, that's a pretty big cost there. So the investment to offset that is going to be a significant investment. It might not be exactly the same, but you're going to have to put in that that cost up front to, to do that. Um, additionally, businesses that get hit, about 60% of them close after six months. There goes that retirement uh, fund that you had, uh, not to mention your, your legacy. All right, Mark. So you, you made a compelling case here. It's not something that uh, business owners can adopt what I call the ostrich strategy, which is we're just going to bury our head in the sand and just hope nothing bad happens. This is something that we need to be proactive about. So let's talk tactics here for a moment. What would be the sure. key action items that a business owner ought to do in order to address the issues that you're talking about. Sure. So the uh, the best place to start is in, with multiple layers of security, because obviously one isn't, nothing's perfect. So one isn't going to really do much for you. Um, you need things like commercial grade firewalls, 
DNS layer security, endpoint security, email security filters, um, email machine learning to help you spot compromised email accounts, dark web scanning to make sure that, you know, you're aware of information that's out there on the dark web relating to your company. Um, and you also want to be able to uh, test your employees and make sure that their knowledge is up to date. So you want some sort of automated email testing capacity as well. And, and, uh, and Mark, do you, do you go after that thing that everybody hates, which is telling all your staff that you are actually going to have to change your passwords on a regular basis. <laughs> That's probably one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Yep. Right. Low cost, <laughs> even if everyone's going to, you know, grimace and give you the dirty look um, to, to do so. All right, Mark, yeah. uh, I love it. <laughs> I think you've given all of us a great primer on how we need to be thinking about this critical, ongoing, it's not going away anytime soon, subject of cybersecurity. Now, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to learn a bit more about Mark. Are you wondering how much longer you have to grind and chase for every lead conversation and client? Would you like clients to knock on your door so you no longer have to pitch, follow up, and spam decision makers? Well, Centricity's Category 1 program uses a proven five-step process that will help you get in front of the decision makers you need by spending less time doing all the things you hate. It's not cold calling, cold email, cold outreach on LinkedIn or any other social media, or even spending money on ads, but it does have a 35 times higher ROI than any of those things leveraging your expertise and insights at your prospects and network value. The best part, even though you'll see results in 90 days, you get to work with the Centricity team for an entire year to make sure you have all the pieces in place and working so you can start having freedom of time and a life outside of your business. So email time at centricityb2b.com to schedule an 18-minute call to learn more. Welcome back. I'm with Mark Picard, uh, co-founder and CEO of CB Tech Support. Mark, I want to find out a bit more about you and your business. Let's start with the basics. Talk to us about the pain points that CB Tech Support solves for its clients and why they need you to get rid of that pain. Sure. So the, the two biggest pain points that we solve, uh, the first being um, your technology not working for you now. Um, you know, people tend to uh, bang their head against the wall when they have uh, technology that doesn't work for them. So we try to keep that head banging to a minimum. Um, and then second is sleepless nights due to worrying about your technology needs as your business grows. So we also solve those as well. You and I have talked about how there at times feels like there's billions of companies that offer what they would claim to be similar services as to yourself. I know that creates sometimes lots of confusion and bewilderment among clients who are trying to figure out who is the right person to work with. I think that the, the answer, if I'm on the buying side, is to say, who do you think is the best at doing this type of work? Who is great at what they do? Because that's always 
who we want to work with, who we want to work with the best. So let me ask you pretty directly, what makes CB Tech Support great at what they do? Sure. So uh, the thing that makes us great at what we do is we have a unique tool that has over 400 questions in it. And those questions are made up from a variety of industry frameworks and standards, plus our own experience that allows us to evaluate our clients' environments without needing to interrupt the business owner. And we can take that information and use it to eliminate the issues now and also plan for the issues in the future. I encourage everybody to go on to LinkedIn, uh, look up Mark Picard. Uh, Mark, they'll see the career and your experience and all the things that you have done. Uh, but I want to ask you a slightly different question. I'd like to understand what has happened, whether it's in your personal life, your professional life, that would really explain why you are sitting here today running a very successful uh, business in CB Tech Support. Sure. Two Two reasons, really. One is I like helping people and figuring things out for them. And two is I worked for a company that did something similar and I learned how not to treat people and what not to do. And I really started this with my business partner because we felt we could do things a lot better and, and really help people. Mark, I am sure that we've got listeners out there that are now getting a little nervous that maybe they're not as buttoned up as they thought they were that this is a, a subject area that they have to take a little bit more seriously than they have been doing. So how is it that they can reach out to you to continue the conversation? Sure. The easiest way to reach me is by email at mark.picard at cbtech.support. All right. And we will put uh, Mark's email in addition to his LinkedIn address uh, in the show notes in both the video and the podcast. Mark, I want to thank you. You've been a terrific guest, really have enlightened us on this important topic. Thanks for having me, Jay. Uh, it is our pleasure. To our audience, let's continue to crush it out there. Until next time.